Welcome to Pulp Fliction. This is going to be a Pulp Fliction first. This episode is the fall TV preview. The first time we've had an episode dedicated solely to television. We've talked about television, but uh, all our review episodes have been movie-based. I am your weekly host, Brandon Rabar. I'm joined by Jacob Crisip and Rachel Jameson. And uh, I'm excited about our very first TV show podcast. What about you guys? I'm a little nervous. Yeah, Jacob hasn't really been feeling this one. But you're a TV guy. Well, I like TV shows. I just don't watch a lot of TV anymore outside of like HBO. That's and fine. And HBO. They, they still make TV and, shows. Uh, you can still yeah. be excited about And what I can find on stuff. Netflix and all Your that. list can be all, uh, so. you know... HBO. We're Netflix, not limited whatever. to. Yeah, it's just that uh, it's just weird because like for the last three weeks we have there have been terrible movies that have been coming out, which is why we're doing what we're doing for the most part, and we have been so limited to reviewing new movies. That's true. So we're being creative, which actually some of the best ideas come from being limited, in my opinion, aka Jaws, you know, whatever. <laughs> so no, that's a good point, though. Uh, that is true. Now. You would obviously say you're a bigger movie guy than TV guy, though, right? Without a doubt. And Rachel, would you say you're a bigger movie person than TV person? I feel like with you, it's pretty close. It's real close for me. I actually might lean kind of toward TV. I thought you might. Now now that really good shows have been on for several years. It's funny the tide has turned. Which is debatable. (laughs) Well, the tide has turned because it used to be that, you know, without a doubt, the quality of movies was a lot higher... (laughs) than tv but really since 99 2000 really since oz and the sopranos and six feet under and that that whole era of hbo launched that ushered in a new wave of television with high quality actors writing directing uh high production values things like that now there's still a whole bunch of crap on tv most of it's most of it's on the network i mean if you if you just go through and look at like the most watched shows it's mostly going to be crap and then you have reality shows which is just like the the lowest form of entertainment you can possibly find totally worst worst of the worst i hate reality tv with a it's Steam passion. I completely 100% agreed. I don't watch any of it. It's the smut of the smut. Agreed. Except for when Emmett Smith is on Dancing with the Stars. That's my one exception. Uh, you know, it's funny because my grandma, who doesn't watch TV, and my dad, who doesn't watch TV, they both watch Emmett Smith dance. Are you serious? Yeah. They, they were excited. They were ecstatic about it. That is so awesome. And, that was like and my... they don't watch TV, but they watch... And they're not even cowboy fans, but they watch Emmett Smith Really? Dance. Yes. I love yeah. them. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. That's so great. Ah, oh, see, Emmett. It's weird. He's, 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 he he's all encompassing. <laughs> yes, he is. But a lot of the best entertainment now is on television. When you, If I were to take the best 10 TV shows of each year and the best 10 movies of each year, now we have a debate. That used to not be the case at all. Right. Um, you know, if you want to talk about the worst that's out there, it's going to be TV. But best of the best, if I were to take, you know, Game of, and let's say a couple of years ago it was Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Um, I'm trying to think of what I Mad Men. Mad Men was running. You yeah. know things like that. And it, when The Wire was on, Sopranos, and then put it against the top ten movies. You it can gets have a some lot debates. closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying that TV is in a new era, and it's it's kind of a, the second golden age of television, in a lot of ways. So. All that said, we are going to talk about on this episode 
our favorite shows that are returning this fall since it's September now and all the great shows are coming back and all the crap shows are coming back as well. But then also some new shows that we're excited about. Or at least curious about. Curious, yeah. yeah. That's a, or that's a at least better, there's better, some better. buzz about yeah. that we think is stupid. <laughs> we'll cover them all. Here's what, we're, here's what we decided to do. We're just going to have a consensus list. This is Pulp Fiction. The, the three minds have come together and put together just kind of a list of shows that we're excited about or curious about. Let's do the new shows first. You know, it's always a big deal. Uh, the first half season makes or breaks right. a TV show. If they're not getting numbers, usually they're yanked. Unless they're on cable, they're a little bit more patient on cable, but broadcast TV... Uh, there's no patience whatsoever. But there are some some really interesting shows coming out, good and bad. Uh, first of all, we talked about this off the air. Strangely, there's a trio of shows based on movies, and they just kind of seem randomly plucked movies. Yeah, like, why Minority they... Report. Oh. Minority Report. What a weird... Uncle Buck... And Rush Hour. Yeah. What a weird selection of movies to make TV shows out of. Makes no sense. And the timing is so weird. Why Minority Report now? Right. I have my opinion of it. I just think... Well, I want to say Hollywood, which is probably not fair because this isn't Hollywood. I just think it's just lack of creativity. But why now? Well, exactly. So, Uncle Buck, 30 years... I mean, 25 years ago, Minority Report, 10 or 15 years ago. Right. 15 years ago. Uh, Rush Hour, same. I mean, it just... It's such a weird, infuriating person. Weird, selection. yeah. I mean, and I think they all look like crap. And I and I can't believe Uncle Buck is going to be played by Mike Epps. And this isn't at all whatsoever like a Michael B. Jordan shouldn't be playing Human Torch thing. It has nothing to do with the fact that John Candy was white, and so I think Uncle Buck should be white. I couldn't care less. You can make him white, Asian, black. Yeah, that's irrelevant. Whatever. I just think that like, Mike. Why now? Yeah. Why well, now? why now? And plus, I think Mike Epps is terrible. It's a weird selection. He's, for... he's never been a people-in-the-seats kind of person. No. Makes no sense. It's a weird selection for a John Candy character. Yeah, and he's not Uncle even, Buck like, overweight. Was. He, doesn't look right. like, he doesn't look, like, slimy And that or, was like, kind of the gross. point, is that Uncle Buck was schlubby. Like, yeah. that, was a, that was the thing in the movie. So, I don't know how he's going to carry that character. It's yeah. really weird. Makes no sense Wish they'd all. just leave it alone. And Minority Report, it was a hit... But like it was, it, I don't feel like it was People a big enough. People don't still talk about Minority Report. Right. It was I mean, a good was enough a good movie. movie. When I think yeah. of Spielberg movies, that's about number 20 or right. 15 on the list. Yeah, it makes no sense Personally. whatsoever. And then you got Rush Hour. And to me, Rush Hour was only great because Chris Tucker and Jackie right. Chan were such a good, funny, odd combination. You're not going to be able to recreate that. And you're only going to be thinking about Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan and comparing them. And it's going to fail you know, in comparison. So I just think it's a weird, all three were really weird choices. I felt agreed. Well, and then there's also all the reboots is the wrong word, but the reboots. Yeah. Like, uh, X files, X files, coach, (laughs) full house. Right. If you want to call it that. Yeah. Full. There's one I'm excited about. We won't bring up right now. Cause it's our actual list. Cause it's, cause it's, yeah, it's actually, I think awesome. But the other one's just like, it's like, what's, what's going on? Like where, where's the, well, you see the same thing in movies. There's got to be better screenplays out there, whether it be for a TV show or a movie. In this in this situation, TV show. So I'll, I'll I mean, you that. would think, but remakes think. are just running rampant everywhere. Even even in movies, they're just remaking everything. It's like nobody can come up with an original idea for anything. No, I I agree completely with both of you on that. And here's my deal. Uh, 
I think that Coach, I'll be honest, I'm a little interested in, only because it's I not totally exactly am. a reboot. I totally it's great. <laughs> yeah. Wow, That's, you turned around on that. Guy. I know. It's horrible. So That's stupid. Screw it. Hollywood. But, I am pumped. Well, yeah. It, yeah. Well, this one's different because Craig T. Nelson is is playing his same character, and oh, I will say that's the same with it's the same with yeah. So it's not exactly a reboot, and same with Fuller House. You have the same actors playing the same characters. Yeah. What about Heroes? You know, it's not a reboot, but it's just a relaunch. Right. Do you you know the storyline of Coach? Well, yeah, it's his son oh, is, is a coach now, and so now Craig T. Nelson is going to be his assistant, right? Comes out of retirement to be the assistant coach. Okay, well, that makes sense. Fuller House does not make sense. Oh, yeah, because that's why I'm kind of into coach, and I think Craig T. Nelson is I funny. can see what, that connection. That's like a, like a logical thing that right. could actually happen. So what's going on with Fuller House? I don't. I honestly don't know the premise. Fuller, I knew it was all I know Fuller all about House, it. Fuller House, I believe... DJ's husband dies because he's in the military. I don't know if this is true, but I know that DJ's raising a family and then everybody's there to help her raise the family. What? That's stupid. I'm pretty sure that her husband dies somehow. So it's the exact same story. It's the same premise, but she's What are the chances of that happening to her dad? Exactly. That's ridiculous. So it still has the same... Without any twins. And what, what kind of world are we living in where a single mom needs the help of her dad? Her uncle and her and dad's buddy, and all their wives to come over, and her sister to come over and help with They're her kids. They're both uncles, thank you. Oh, were they both? I yeah, thought, Joey I... was his wife's brother, and then Jesse was. I thought Joey was just a friend. That's what I thought. I thought Joey, Joey was, was just, just a, a friend, friend of Bob Saget. That's what I thought. And are you the sure? Actual, the actual no, uncle I'm not sure was. Now uh, that you're saying it, Jesse's the Jesse. uncle. I knew Jesse. Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse and Joey. Yeah, you guys are probably they, right. Did they ever call him Uncle Joey no. at all? I'm nope. pretty sure he's no, a friend. Never I think mind. they call him just Joey. Yeah. Just Maybe Joey. I just blocked I can't believe out. we just schooled her on Full House. Now watch us be wrong. And no. then like all our, our comment section is going to be going no. crazy, guys. No, well, actually, now that you say the, that. the brother of the sister of Bob Saget. I think you're right. I don't know why I was thinking that. Whatever. I just looked at Full House Wiki. The, <laughs> the, the, the premise I'm is absurd. I'm glad I don't know. That's what that means. The premise is absurd and it's stupid. And as somebody who watched the show when they were a little kid and then watches it as an adult, it was an awful show. Well, yeah, it was a the, terrible show. Now it was a fun show when you're a kid, right? As an adult, it's so cheesy and dumb. Yep. But I will say, up. even though like if Full House was on right now, I wouldn't want to watch it because of my nostalgia with it. Oh. I want Fuller House to do well, and I'll probably watch it a little bit out of curiosity. I would agree with that. I would prefer it do better than a lot of other shows I read about in the last you know week or whatever. Okay, and and, and it's kind of like I like the cast so much. I want them to succeed. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah that, I like. I there's like. Some, all there's of there's them. a lot of nostalgia behind that. Other than right. Bob Saget, which is okay. probably why they rebooted so, it. So the premise is that DJ is a widow and a mother of three. Things become too much to handle, so she asks for help from Stephanie and Kimmy. Okay, well that makes so more it's her sense. friend. So it's her friend and their aunt. <laughs> So, so it's the exact, exact same, same premise. And then I guess just... Uh, They'll be rotating in yeah, and out, I'm the, sure, the other... The male figures. Mm. Yes. That makes sense. I don't know. I mean, that's ridiculous that it's... It's kind of like Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 3. It's, like, okay, it, come on. How many times are you going to leave your kid behind? And I'm uh, sure after so that, the then, then maybe Stephanie will be a widow and then she's... <laughs> Whatever. Which you know what be sucks in, though. You know, ten or fifteen years from now, but whatever. How are they going to explain the Olsen twins not being in? Are they recasting Michelle? I wouldn't think that they I, would. I wouldn't think that they would. I hope I'm, they just do what they should do and say 
they're not in it and figure out a reason why. Yeah, yeah like, I'm sure like, they'll be in another country. Or because at some point, those twins some. might want to be in the show and they can write them in, in the third or fourth right. season. They I'm, could just say that Michelle died of uh, anorexia bulimia. <laughs> <laughs> So, Why are we laughing about that? I, I always so have to bad. do one like offensive joke per, per episode. We just lost 15 listeners. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's well, the most DJ, believable in the, in thing. The, but in the finale of Full House, Michelle falls and hits her head. So maybe they can do a retroactive like Roseanne thing and she actually died. Oh, she didn't live, horrible. guys. That'd be terrible. It explains why she's not on the show. That was the last episode. She hits her head and gets amnesia. Says so the maybe, guy who said maybe, they died of anorexia <laughs> bulimia. <laughs> maybe they just put her in a home somewhere because she had amnesia and she never remembered them. What was the Seinfeld one? Like they were all like on a pirate ship or something. I mean, they could do that too. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a pirate ship? Are you talking about the finale of Seinfeld? The finale of Seinfeld? No. They were on a pirate ship, but they were dressed up as something. No. Nope. Like, no, they're in a dream sequence. Well, the finale is they're in court. In, they're in and jail. And then they ended up in jail at the end. See, I never saw it, but that's just what I heard. <laughs> this is why Complete Jacob was, was nervous about this episode. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to sit here and be quiet. <laughs> Turns okay. out he's watched... Two episodes of any TV show ever. So maybe we should move on to stuff that none of us have seen. <laughs> so yeah, let's, we can all be wrong together. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what we were going to do. We were going to talk about the... Well, we did kind of talk about... We, we started off with reboots and, right. and kind of quote-unquote sequels to shows. Um, let's get to the other new shows that okay. are coming out. We'll start off with the one that we actually know Jacob is interested in. Self-admittedly, doesn't watch TV, but the Muppets. The only show I'm interested in this fall, and that is the segue from what we were just talking about. about. We're talking about kind of reboots. I'm pumped as well. I think this is awesome, awesome idea. I'm so glad they're coming back out with this because even though they're gearing it towards adults, I still think kids will love this show, which is why we love the Muppets to this day. Right? It's like you know what they leave on screen, our relationship with them. I know they're just Muppets; they're just stuffed. You know, whatever. But I, I, I love that they're, they're doing this again. Because every time they come up with a Muppet movie, I'm, I'm generally pretty excited about it. And the last couple have been, you know, pretty good. And the idea that they're just doing this again, and they're bringing in new actors and actresses to be on the show, which is what made it so popular to begin with back in the you know late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I think it's a, a, an ingenious idea. I think this is an ingenious idea if you want to reboot something. Because they're timeless. I agree completely. And what the the great part of it is, Muppets don't age. So I mean, right. exactly you right. t- you, So you don't have to worry about that. I agree. I love that that everybody from the old show. There's so many people involved in it. And what's cool is it's going to be the Muppets. So it's going to be what you know and love. But they are putting a modern spin on it, making it kind of like the the Office or Parks and Rec. It's yeah, it's a documentary <laughs> style. Right is how they're doing it. So it's gonna. Um, include stuff about their personal lives and relationships, and then you know homework. We'll probably all, all be a complete kind of spoof of everything we watched for the last thirty years since the last show came out. Right, right. I think it's awesome. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm really really about excited it. about it. I think it's going to be now. That's I, on ABC. It's on ABC, and it starts on September twenty second. Okay. I like the stunting that they've done by breaking up with Miss Piggy and Kermit. Yeah, stunting that's, that they, yeah. They get, you know a little bit more than I do then. Well, I, I saw that come out. I was like, clearly they're stunting for the show. But that's really smart because everybody was like, oh, like 
there was a lot of buzzy articles about that like Ross love, and Rachel. love is dead <laughs> how could they break them up and all that kind of stuff so Got it. Uh, I thought that was really smart <laughs> leading into the series but uh, just watching the previews for it, it looks really really good and really smart which is fantastic and I've loved so many I mean the original Muppet show is obviously fantastic but what gives me so much hope is that this uh and and the movies, I'm up at Christmas Carol, I'm up at Go to Space. I loved all those. But what gives me so much confidence that this will indeed be good is, like Jacob said, so many people. The young are, 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 are Right. <coughs> Excuse me. But the Muppet movies that they did recently were really, really strong as well. So I feel like that Muppet humor and sarcasm and, and all those things that made the Muppets great is still funny today. And they can still make the Muppets really funny. When I show my sister's kids a Muppet Christmas Carol to this day... I mean, immediately they recognize and love the characters, which they, for the most part, don't know. Yeah. Like what we knew, because we saw them in TV shows, Sesame Street, uh, you know, and so much yeah, more. Yeah, like, And they immediately just know them, rec- I don't know, know them, but just love them. I mean, yeah. they're just, for some reason, addictive characters. Yeah. And and so while it caters to, a, it's kind of like when we compare to Inside Out. It's like while they will probably recognize with mostly adults, the kids will love them as well, which is why it, you hit on all all levels. I think this is going to be a huge show. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, it's a, I think it's an ingenious idea. I, I, it's been a long time since I've wanted a show to succeed, like a new show to have success, like I do with with the Muppets. There are very few uh, ABC, what do you call it, NBC TV shows that I care anything about. Yeah. And this is the first one in a long, long time that I that I'm I'm pretty stoked. It's probably the first one for me since Lost went off that I'm really gonna be invested in. The Michael J. Fox show because I'm such a big Michael J. Fox fan. I was really into that and unfortunately it got cancelled because everybody besides Michael J. Fox on that show sucked. So boring. Uh he was and funny his co worker. Yeah his co worker Bunk. Was, yeah Bunk. Bunk was funny. Um but there you go. Uh, that's going to be the only time the rest of this episode that Jacob talks because he's going to have no clue what's going on with I'm going to go take a nap now. Yeah. <laughs> what are some other shows that were – Rachel kind of has our master compilation list of shows. What were some of the other new shows that we wanted to discuss? Um, I want to talk about The Bastard Executioner. Yes. That's going to be on FX. It starts on the 15th. This is from Kurt Sutter who did Sons of Anarchy. And, and this The is, Shield. And The Shield, Yes. yes. Um, so this follows that the description is it tells the story of a warrior knight in King Edward III's charge who's broken by the ravages of war and vows to lay down his sword. But when that violence finds him again, he's forced to pick up the bloodiest sword of all. This yeah. is going. I mean, it, it's not uh, if you don't know Kurt Sutter or you haven't seen Sons of Anarchy, you think, oh, I'm going from a guy who wrote about a motorcycle game and about cops to a guy that's writing something about King Edward. Uh, but then if you hear he's forced to pick up the bloodiest sword of all, this is going to be great from Kurt, I really feel. You know what it makes me feel like? It makes me feel like if Tarantino were to do a medieval type of TV show. I'm not saying that Kurt Sutter is as talented as Tarantino. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that sort of kind of over-the-top violence mixed with a lot of kind of... Humor, dramatic elements, and with like a modern type twist, I feel like if Tarantino had a really talented but less talented little brother, uh, <laughs> and he did a TV show, 
based on medieval times, that's what this will be. I can absolutely see that. Now, but what the, channel is this going to be on? It's going to be on FX. Okay. If if you did also, if you didn't watch Sons of Anarchy, then you don't know that that Kurt Sutter rules FX. Mm-hmm. Um, it became where Sons of Anarchy would just go for the weirdest amounts of time. Like this episode's an hour and thirteen minutes. This episode's an hour and twenty four minutes. Like yeah. he just wrote however much he wanted to write, and they were like, sure. Yeah, Go but, ahead and do it in your entirety. I mean, he gave him the shield. He wasn't the creator showrunner of the shield, but he was the main writer. And then, and that was a big show. But then Sons of Anarchy was FX's biggest show ever. It still is. That, and then that led to American Horror Story became huge and, and justified. But Sons of Anarchy was kind of the one that really kicked it off as far as uh, ratings and, and then becoming a, a player in the game. And so, yeah, they're, they let Kurt do whatever he wants to do. Now, I'm not going to lie. I've watched the first two seasons of Sons of Anarchy, and it's not that... I don't like it. <laughs> the deal with, with and, Sons... And it's because of Charlie Hunnam. I, I like, I like uh, you know, Katie Seagal and, and, of course, what's his name? I think he's an Do awesome bad guy. Do you want to get punched guy. in the Rhea face? Perlman. I think Charlie Hunnam or Ron is a Perlman. I said Rhea Perlman. Uh, his, his acting does get better the further you get into the series. in the, uh, the Dell whatever movie. Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. Man, he is, he is a Hunnam hater. He's really not a good is. actor. Okay, I here's the deal Charlie with Charlie Hunnam. He might look good and he's healthy. Not a good he's actor. <laughs> that guy is super healthy. That he guy never gets acting. sick. <laughs> I'm, going back take a, I'm going back to take a nap now. <laughs> I, I will say that Hunnam probably does overact a little bit. In he does. The few, in the first couple of seasons, he does get progressively much better he as does. an actor. Truly, he does. Uh, my brother-in-law talked about it. he used to kind of make fun of how he walked and, and kind of overacted a bit, uh, but he does get better. But I still think that Sons is a quality show. Is it as quality as, you know, The Wire, Sopranos, Breaking Bad? No. no. It's it's a over-the-top, fun, melodrama with violence and bikers. But here's it's the deal. It's a fun show to watch, and it gets better. Actually, the second season is the, the worst. The second season is the worst season. It, it's it, the weakest I season actually of them struggled all. to finish season two. Like, remember we were watching it, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah. I just want to. But then once you get through season two, uh, yeah. se- it gets better and better and better. I Absolutely. checked out. Um, all that said. Yeah, no, we better get back I'm to really- it. I'm really excited about this, but the thing I'm most excited about is this is Kurt Sutter, who is married to Katie Seagal, and she is in this show, and he will write her a fantastic part. Yeah, she was the um, best thing about Sons. Oh, absolutely, and she was the best. Yeah, I would even say over Ron Perlman with what she was given, she was the best actor on that show altogether. Oh, for sure. Um, so she was amazing, and he's going to uh, write. I'll tell you what, though. Jimmy Smith gave her a run Jimmy for Smith money when was... he came in. Uh, those two yeah, definitely at the tops. Sorry, they go they ahead. were both fantastic, but Kurt's writing this role for her, and so I have no doubt that this is going to be amazing, and we'll get to watch her do her thing again, which is pretty exciting. Um, other than that, bloodiness, I, I'm just down with it. Well, the thing you have to understand about Kurt Sutter is he understands what he's writing is not The Wire, and it's not Sopran, it's not these top tier shows. He's not trying to write one of those. Self-admittedly, it's a motorcycle soap opera. I mean, right. he, he's aware of what he's doing. Right. Whereas with other shows, I don't feel like they... Take The Walking Dead, for instance. I think that they think they're making one of the best shows of all time. And I think that they're making an entertaining show. Right. Um, Kurt Sutter understands that he's making an entertaining show. And that's what he's trying to make. So, right. well, um, At least it's an epic. And I love epics. So for that matter, it could be pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to, to check it out. 
And that uh, that premieres on the September 15th. 15th. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm, I'm pumped about that. Okay, what else we got? Uh, Scream Queens on Fox. I'm pumped about this show, and I'm the only one. Well, Jacob, are, no, you, actually, are you interested? Uh, well, now that I know y'all like... Um... American Horror Story. American Horror Story so much. I I, I just found out this is the same writer. Yeah, right? it's the same writer, so showrunner, I'm, creator. I'm, I'm actually Ryan really Murphy. excited for you all because I still think that one day I will watch American Horror Story. I think one day I will probably watch this show because of the reputation this writer is building. Yeah, go ahead though. No, you, but you're exactly. His name's Ryan Murphy, and I'm I'm in because of him. But then what's cool about it? He's got a lot of the cast that was in American Horror Story. We got some crossover. Uh, I know Emma Roberts is in it. And uh, he actually, now I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose you here, but he also created and wrote Glee, uh, which is... What it's, a, out. it's a weird combination <laughs> it's of a weird, things It's a write. weird combination. Uh, but Leah Michelle from, from Glee is going to be in it. Uh, you also have Glenn Powell. Uh, Abigail, Abigail Breslin. Breslin. It's it's a cool cast. Uh I think those were the top ones. Uh, Jamie, oh, that was one of the That's things I was most ones. excited about. Is that I like Rachel's blood. I'm here. sorry. <laughs> I, I I just so mad at myself because she was what first hooked me in. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who is the original, the whole phrase "scream queen," uh, she originated it because of her roles in Halloween. So she's in Screen Queens, and it's an anthology series, which is exciting. To okay, me. so yeah, getting to the premise, it's described as. <laughs> It follows a 1995 sto- <laughs> sorority pledge gone wrong. Someone's out for vengeance when a college campus is rattled by a series of murders at the 20th anniversary of the crime. That's the premise for the show. And that's it's a cool premise. And what's it is. What, another thing about this, I love horror comedy, and this is horror comedy. And we've seen Ryan Murphy do horror, and when he does horror, it's really good. Probably the best horror that's been on television with American Horror Story. And then we've seen him do comedy with Glee, which and it's had, honestly it was not bad. Sometimes good. It, it started sometimes. off really strong. It did. I've it never did. seen Glee, so I don't know. Uh, here's here's my problem with Scream Queens, Fox. I get that. They, Why? I, Why Fox? Because it's a broadcast network. Okay. It, I mean, it's they they can't get away with anything. Part of what makes American Horror Story is so good they get is away that with Family Guy. True. Not not in something that you would need for Scream Queens. This is going to require some sort of brutality, um, maybe some nudity because it's a horror. Th- I mean, like these are things that are just associated with horror. No, things, I'm, I'm, I, you know I what I mean. Um, so I'll be interested to see how much he gets limited by the fact that it's on Fox. If this were on FX, I'd be a lot more excited about it. It doesn't even need to be a Showtime or an HBO or something like that. If it was even just a cable channel with a late night show, it could be a lot raunchier and bloodier, which I think would be great for a series like this. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with all that. I totally agree. It, it would be better. Um, I think you know on Fox he's going to have a bigger audience, but I do. I wish it was on. It'll hurt the the actual show. He'll it get will. more viewers, but I think no. it will hurt the quality of the show. I completely agree. And we we should also mention Jacob's looking up. I forgot he was also heavily involved in Nip Tuck. I don't remember what TV what channel that was on though. FX. It was okay. on FX. So his other two are, uh, two were on FX, and Glee was on Fox. So Nip he's Tuck obviously was so really popular coming. ten years ago. Yeah, Man, it, it was. was popular. It was. But and this to me kind of almost looks like a scream. We talked about scream last week with the the horror uh, episode. The very much comedy, very much horror, uh, and kind of tongue in cheek. It looks like it's going to be and kind of self referential. I'm really excited about this show. I'll definitely give it a shot. 
that uh, that actually kind of wraps up the shows that we're actually really interested in watching. So thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> there are some other ones that are getting buzz, or at least I've seen a lot of promotion for them. Grandfathered on Fox, it's the one with John Stamos where he finds out that he's dad, a dad and also a grandfather. Yeah, that's... I, d- I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work with John Stamos, and I don't know how that works with Fuller House. I mean, I guess if he's just kind of a bit part of Fuller House, Dude, then that's he's fine. a total gilf, though, am I right? Oh, <laughs> totally. And that would be the absolutely only reason to watch that show. He's, he's a dill fan of gilf. That's what they should have called that's, it. That's exactly what they should have just called it Gilf. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I, I will say the, the, the premise is interesting. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to watch it, but I like John Stamos and I hope oh, it does he's well. charming. Yeah, he is. Uh, I will not be watching this. I, I won't be watching it either, but good luck to John Stamos on that. Same. Um, the Grinder also on Fox. Both of those premiere on the 29th, by the way. Um, and that is going to be the one with uh, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe, who I love. And also Fred Savage, which is really random. That is True. random. Um, Anything Rob Lowe's touches is, is genuinely pretty good. I mean, you have to say, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the premise of this is television lawyer Dean Sanderson Molly, Molly, moves Molly. back to his small hometown after a stint in Hollywood, thinking his time on TV qualifies him to run his own family law firm. So this is a comedy, obviously. Here's the deal. There are some broadcast comedies that were, I mean, look, Parks Agreed. and Rec, The Office. Now, if we're talking drama, uh, broadcast TV is a wasteland. I mean, supposedly there's been some decent shows lately. I honestly haven't watched them. Hannibal was apparently pretty good. But it got canceled. But it got canceled. Did it really? Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, uh, and I didn't mean to watch it. Mason was so good in it. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I got good reviews. And then, I mean, Orphan Black <sighs> is supposed to be pretty decent. I haven't given it a shot. That's I just broadcast No, no, I'm sorry, not Orphan Black. The one with James Spader, Black Code. Oh, The Blacklist. Oh, Blacklist. Blacklist. Uh, yeah, that's a, a lot huge of pe- show, though. A lot of people love those people, shows, yeah. but I just feel like they're neutered dramas. That, like... That's how I feel. I, I feel the <laughs> same way. So, so, so that being said, oh, and also that, that uh, one with Viola Davis, that one I actually am kind of interested the in the murder how to how to get, how away, to, with how to get away with murder i'm interested only because she's in it and it's gotten good reviews all that said i'm sorry i didn't mean to but drama on broadcast tv i just don't do anymore really for the most part but there is comedy on broadcast tv that can work agreed agreed so it it could be interesting i if this if this doesn't get dropped within its first whatever they signed it on first six eight episodes whatever they signed it on for then I'll be a lot more interested in it. Yeah. I'm not gonna just jump in and start watching it from the beginning most likely unless it just happens to be on when I have the TV on. I like the uh, cast though. I do I, like I'm the, the cast. Same way. And if people start saying it's good, I'll probably right. give it a shot yeah. because I like Rob Lowe and Fred Savage. Exactly. I mean, my those... guess is since it's Fox, it won't be on very long. Probably not. And that and that's my thing. If it sticks around a little bit longer, I'll definitely give it a shot. Plus, this isn't his only show coming out this fall, so that's true. And we were going to talk about the other one too. Two. But you know what? Um, Parks and Rec and The Wonder Years are both of my top five favorite comedies of all time, and both of those two were big parts of that. So are they spoiler alert? Oh my bad. That's in the top five list. You'll have to listen <laughs> for that. Okay, what are some um, other ones? The last one I want to mention, just because it's getting buzz, I have zero interest in it, is Doctor Ken. Um uh, yeah. and it has I can't ever remember Ken Jong. That's how you say it, right? J E O N G. I guess the, the Asian dude from Community That's and the Hangover. Yes. Uh, Which is pretty have much you watched th- an episode of it yet? It's not out yet. 
Okay, never mind. It doesn't come out till October 2nd. It's called Dr. Ken. Now, Ken is actually a doctor in real life. Right. Um, and so this is, it's just described as a frustrated doctor juggles his career, marriage, and family, which sounds super boring. I don't necessarily like Ken Jong. I he's fine, and I don't think he can carry a show, or at least I, not for me. He's I not know a big I've enough seen draw. An episode of this. It was either on an airplane I was I was on. I've seen an episode of this show. Maybe it's like, like a they pre released. Like yeah, pre, yeah, not yeah. good. It no, it, it didn't look good. And it's not a unique storyline. No. I think they're just expecting people to be like, oh, the guy from The Hangover, let's watch this show, which is not going to get them very far I don't know how else to put it without maybe someone getting mad at me. It's like an Asian version of uh, The Cosby Show. That's exactly Sorry. what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. And I do wonder if that Except just... The Cosby a, Show was a classic. Sorry. Yeah. And I wonder if the success of just got off the boat or whatever it's called the the asian version of goldberg's basically i wonder if that like you know because tv business is so copycat right uh, you know so i know that that show and it's about an asian family uh, is really successful so maybe they're thinking hey another asian show what's another great show cosby show who's an asian that's been successful on tv oh uh that kim, kim jong and he's a doctor in real life golden I feel like yeah. that's how it came together. I have no the interest in that. Yeah. I've, I'll be interested if that makes it past the pilot. Yeah. Actually. What I saw was really not good. Not surprised by that. Now, one one I did want to mention that, that maybe was on your list was the other Rob Lowe show, the uh, Me, You, and the End of the World show. Uh, did you Have you guys heard of this at all? I saw it. Yeah. Uh, um... It's either called You, Me, and the End of the World. I've seen it listed as that. I've also seen it listed as You, Me, and the Apocalypse. It's the other Rob Lowe show, and I'm interested in it because I like Rob Lowe, but it also has Jenna Fisher uh, from The Office, and it has Megan Mullally from Parks and Rec and Will and Grace. I love all three of them, and just the fact that, uh, you know, they're all three in it. And the the premise is interesting. It's when a group of ordinary people learn that an eight-mile-wide comet is on a collision course with Earth, they hunker beneath the town of Slog to watch the end of the world on television. I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm I'm pumped about what? it. I'm no, saying it's like worth... seeking a friend for the end of the world. That's I know, what it I know, like the, to I know me the premise. Too. And he plays a or the last man on, on on Earth. What's the name of that TV show with? What's his name? Yeah, Last Man on Earth. Yeah, he plays a priest. His name is listed as Father Jude. Oh, didn't even know that. Um, Interesting. Do you know what network this is on? Nope. I was hoping you did. Good job doing your research, Brandon. <laughs> I, I had it in front of me, but Brandon took over. I just wanted to, to bring it up. I, like I said, I don't have a poster. I don't want to, you know. Well, what? generally, anything Rob Lowe is in usually is, I mean, I think is usually pretty good. I mean, think about when he left the West Wing. I mean, it kind of tanked after that. Of course, that's also the same season that, um, what's his name, the writer left as well. But Right. Rob Lowe generally has a pretty good screen presence. He does, for sure. Here's here's why we've never heard of it, though. British Sky Broadcasting. It's a UK series. Oh, interesting. I will not be watching it. I'm kidding. <laughs> it is weird that there's a bunch of American actors in a British series. Yeah, that is really odd. Well, it's probably because every British actor is over here doing all of our movies. So it just kind of balances out. That's true. That's a good call. Like, we're going to steal some of theirs, and, too. And I know all those guys across the pond are saying the same thing. So. Oh, okay, okay. It's it's, it's, it's kinda... an American-British science fiction comedy drama. That's a mouthful. Wow. It's going to debut on Sky One in this fall in the UK and NBC as a mid-season entry in the 2015-2016 television series. There it goes. So, okay. it will be here, but 
not this fall. Hey, disqualified. Disqualified. Well, I'll be right here on the edge of my seat waiting. Hey, for unless you have access to Sky One. Okay, so <laughs> so what are some? Uh, what are are okay. we getting to? We're getting back to the shows that are already on the air. Uh, they're just going into a new season. I and let's just get Brandon out of the way. He's this is so exciting for him. The Goldbergs is coming back, Brandon. Dude, I am so pumped. Have Why you guys? I've watched one episode. I thought it was one like basically an, an upscale from Full House. It's oh, not, not no, that no, good. No, you're so wrong. No, you are so wrong about that. Not you're a fan a, of the show. First of all, you watched one episode. Second of all, everyone that I have recommended this to absolutely loves it. Same like here. one all of their right. favorite shows. Same here. Y'all say your piece. Same here. It's it's my favorite comedy on television right now. Mine, I'll say that. Mine as well. It's uh now the Parks and Rec is off the air. This show, if you live during the eighties at all, you're gonna love this show because Unless of, you're Jacob. Unless you're Jacob. I mean, all the the pop culture references, I mean from from full episodes dedicated to, to movies like the Goonies. They did a Goonies episode. They did a Everything. Ferris Bueller they episode. Did a, yes. For, to music, they did a New Kids on the Block episode. To to toys and video games. I mean, it is so drenched in eighties. But without is, being forceful, like we know right. nothing about the eighties, and we're writing a show about it. So why it's, don't I just watch VH1 out of the eighties? No, this is it's, <laughs> it's not. But this same. is a funny show, and it's really touching too. Like whereas you compare it to Full House, and to me, like Full House. Every episode, it's you so have to learn cheesy. a lesson. It was really cheesy. Exactly. They pull the, the music on you at the end, and they sit you down and talk to the girls. This, it's got a sweet message, but not in it. I don't, it's not like cringeworthy to me. When it happens, I'm not like, eeeh. It's not gross to me. And it's really funny. The characters are really funny. I think Barry Goldberg's one of the funniest uh, characters on TV right He's now. He's a fun actor anyway. Jeff Garland? Uh, no, that's, oh, the, that's dad. the dad. He's Sorry. hilarious as well. I just Mer- like him from... Um... Uh, never mind. <laughs> no, but he's really, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, he's really funny as well. Um, the characters are so great, so likable, so funny. Uh, then I think the mom, Beverly Goldberg, she's hilarious. It's hilarious. Uh, Pops is outstanding, and you'll know Pops from um, um, Killing Me. Uh, well, he's in uh, Look Who's Talking. Yeah, he is in Look Who's Talking. And was it Just Shoot Me? Yeah, yeah Just Shoot Me. I loved him in Just Shoot Me. He's fantastic. And the kid, the main kid, Adam Goldberg, this is actually based on uh, the person that created it and writes it, his, his life story. Uh, he is adorable and funny. And at the end of every episode, uh, it shows you home video, his personal home videos that the episode is kind of based around. Uh, it's creative. It's different. It's hilarious. It's touching. There's been so many times that we've been watching it, and we've been like, "Oh my gosh, we did that! We did that thing!" Like, yes, we totally did that. We compare Brandon's brother to Barry all the time. They're basically the same person. He's calling right now. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm gonna have to tell him that. Um, I I love it. I love it's so nostalgic and new and heartwarming. I I really don't understand how you don't like this show. But- I have probably introduced. 10 people to it and they all love it and it's their favorite comedy on TV right now. I, I watched the show because y'all have mentioned how much you enjoyed it. So I watched, you know, just one episode where they were kind of reintroducing like a tape deck and they convinced their dad to buy the cassette recorder and the dad didn't like it, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. And finally went this whole episode like where they're, 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 you know, they had a narration voice going over half the episode and, um, 
in the end, it seemed kind of like a Wonder Years episode where everyone learned a lesson, whereas the you know the old dad would never change and blah blah, and it just kind of turned like I say like too much. Of the, I've seen the Wonder Years. I don't. It just it it, it at the, that episode did not work for me, and so I haven't watched it since. It does sort of have a Wonder Years format with the narration over the story, and, and, it, and, and it's, it's telling the story of somebody's childhood. So I get that. Well, it's, it is, it's very much compared to Wonder Years. They're not hiding that either. Right. They, like, right. I think that was kind I of the inspiration. I didn't know that. I was just the, I think they're kind of, um, that was the inspiration, you know, behind the format. But we're talking about the 80s and not the 50s. Well, so I mean, I look, I look, I love 80s. I love New Wave. I love all that stuff. I'm not saying I probably wouldn't watch the show if I watched it regularly, but the one I saw, it just didn't work for me. And Plus, you did. know, with, with comedies on TV, a lot of it is you have to get to know the characters. And once you like and know the characters, Everything else starts becoming really funny. Like if you just watched a random episode, I don't know which one you watch. Maybe some of the things that make them funny already to the people who know them, and the writers are writing those jokes with that in mind aren't as funny to a first-time viewer. I don't know. Um, or maybe you got an episode that wasn't quite as good, although I think they're all awesome. Well, and and here's the deal. Yes, it does kind of wrap up into a nice message. So does Modern Family. So does Blackish. This is what comedies do. And and I don't feel like it's an overly saccharine type of just like oozing with sweetness and whatever. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, dad's always going to be dad, but we still love each other. Like, that's the kind of takeaway. IMDb gives it an 8.0, so I'm probably in minority on this one. Well, I heard the, good things about it. I just didn't like the one I saw. And I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. The first season has 80%, and the second season has 100%. So, I mean, and there's this is going to be season three that's coming back. So, yeah, I think audiences and critics like it. Like she said, so nostalgic. And the last thing I'll say about it is, um, oh, and we forgot to mention Patton Oswalt is the narrator, and he's he's great as well. I love Patton Oswalt. Um I just love this show. I you, forgot what he, I was going to say. Stephen Tobolowski's in say it. That. Oh, yeah. He's the principal. <laughs> he's the principal. The cast is sorry, great. I just saw that. And there's been some fun cameos here and there. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I'm sorry. We You talked about how there's a lesson. And, and yeah, comedies have kind of gotten a little bit more cynical lately. And, and they don't all have that, that sweet message at the end. Like you said, Modern Family does and Blackish. The sweet ones do. But this is so 80s inspired and that was that's how the 80s were cosby show full house right uh, roseanne all those were very much you know lesson driven shows roseanne was and, 90s uh, well, and it wasn't true. very lesson driven um, at no, the there end. was a I, lot I'm of lessons there was, it, it was cynical it was a combination it was a combination. it was a combination uh anyways but you can't have an 80s show sitcom and not right know, go that route sorry that was a i i probably talked half the show about goldberg's you but, can I know you all like it, but I had to say my piece about the one episode I saw because someone somewhere might agree with me. Yeah, and, and that and person will also be wrong. And reach out if you do. And reach yeah. out if you don't. <laughs> I would love to hear some feedback if, if you didn't. Okay, what else do we have coming back? Okay, Modern Family. Womp womp. Let's move on. <laughs> really? You hate Modern Family too? Is it because it's heartwarming? Just over it. <laughs> Just over I will it. Say, I will say the last... Last season was a little bit better than probably the season before and maybe two seasons before. No show was giving Modern Family, maybe except for Parks and Rec, any kind of competition. Like, come on. That's all I'm saying. So you're just tired of it being good? I'm tired of it just like being... Winning, like winning all the awards and, and I, I think it's just getting a, all the I think ratings. it's just okay. Because they have the same premise that Parks and Rec and Office says with the kind of interview in front of the camera. It's just a family setting. Um... 
But Parks and Rec was fantastic. It is. It is fantastic. But like, there's just I just don't think there's a lot of competition out there on the primetime networks for a comedy show. Do you? Know? I don't think I think Modern Family is just okay when you compare it to the all-time great comedies. Well, I don't. I, the format of it doesn't. The Talking Head format doesn't really bother me about it at all. I just think that it's very difficult to sustain where they started off with the same characters and the family. I mean, there's. There's only so far you can go with that, and they took a dip in a couple seasons, and then last season was a little bit better. But I just don't know how far they can go with it. I feel like it's on a slow decline. I would agree. Yeah, which I would is agree the case of most. Yeah, TV the first shows. the right. first two or three seasons. I mean, like I was outstanding. I loved, loved, loved it, and I still think that Phil Dunphy is one of the funniest characters on tv i've always thought cameron was cameron, the best I would character say Cam- on that yeah. show cameron's my second the, Cam most, and Phil. the most deserving of any golden globe or emmy on that show most everyone else, i think it's just good i think right. he's the most deserving i think those are my top two favorite characters for sure, for sure yeah. and the funniest um but of course i, I, I love ed o'neill but yeah ed o'neill is great for my own nostalgic purposes the characters are great i love luke as well the characters are great and they're all likable it has taken a dip in quality for sure but like you said, I think it's on an upswing. I think uh, a couple seasons ago was was not nearly as good. Anyways, it's still a good show. It's, I'm still it, looking forward it's not to terrible. it. There's a whole lot worse out there, and that's not even. I said it the wrong way. It's still a good show. I will say that we used to be super excited about Modern Family, and now we're super excited about Goldbergs, and usually, you know, watch Modern Family on a different day or something. Yeah, Goldbergs exactly. is like we got saying? it. We have to yeah. watch it. I mean, that but does... I still enjoy it more than most of what's yeah, out there. For I sure. agree. Yeah, like, I still true. want to watch so it, which saying... is better than ninety-five percent of TV. I'm like, oh, I need to watch. Modern it's coming Family. back. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad that it's coming back, and I'll I'll still watch it. I'm less excited than I was about it maybe three or four years ago. But plus, Sofia Vergara. You she's, can't talk she's about only like she's only like six years older than me. I think I have a chance. Yeah, absolutely, dude. <laughs> yeah, you can totally, totally knock out Joe Magdanot Loglio or I whatever his funny. name is. I can be funny. <laughs> Um, uh, if if Al Bundy can get her, you can get her, dude. Hey, that can be funny. <laughs> anyway, um, another show which I don't know if either of the two of you have interest in. They're bringing Project Greenlight back on HBO. I don't know anything about this show, but I saw something about it. What is it? Well, I noticed. I noticed because I was looking through HBO Go and Project Greenlight was on there. I was like, wasn't this fifteen years ago? Yes, it was. Um, so basically, it's still the same premise of. Basically, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, back in 2001, I believe, issued this contest where anybody could enter, and it basically just gave people a chance to uh, get their foot in the door with any kind of studio, whether they're a writer, director, whatever. Um, I started watching the first season of it just out of curiosity, because they, you know, with the whole Goodwill hunting thing, nobody, they got turned down, blah, blah, blah. They had a hard time getting their foot in the door, so this was kind of their way of... It says it 2001 to 2005, Five. yeah. but technically it's the second season, right? This will be the fourth season, technically. Or fourth. Um, I, I believe, did that math. I believe the first <laughs> two seasons were carried on HBO, and then the third season was on a different network, like some piddly cable network that's not a big deal. Um, but they're bringing it back ten years later. Uh, and it's going to be on oh, HBO again. I d- I'm just you. interested. Now in, I got you. I'm interested in this because I like. Uh, the problem they had in the first season is that they had a lot of, they had some storylines that they really thought people who they thought were really strong writers. And then they had people that they thought were really strong directors and they had a very difficult time picking because these people were not the same people. Um, so now they've divided the competition to where they pick the best director and the best writer. And then they make the director 
direct whatever the writer wrote. This could be the closest thing to a reality TV show that I would maybe ever it's, watch. It's a docu-series. Right. Um, so uh, I'm just interested. I like seeing people fulfill their dreams. It's kind of like it's fun to watch them get well, picked. Well, creativity then, in a way. Right. And, and go through the screenings and stuff like that and see them getting all excited about stuff. And the little bit that I've read about it, apparently whoever... I don't know if it was the writer or director. I think it's the director becomes pretty pretentious in this. Um, so I don't know how far into it I'll get. I don't want to see somebody who's given something and then turns into a total dick. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think it's an interesting premise and I like what they're doing. I like the spirit behind it. So I'll at least watch some of it unless the guy just becomes completely unlikable. I I know all about Project Green Life as far as what it is, but I never watched it. I like that they're doing it. And I like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and I think it's the perfect show for them. <laughs> and to... they are they are part of this one, right? And that, because that's how they start off. I mean, the whole reason they became a big thing was because even though they both had done a little bit of acting uh, before that, they became stars because they they made Goodwill Hunting. They rode. And got Were you it all listening done. when I was talking a minute ago? No, no. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> what I'm he was saying drafting is still. <laughs> I approve and like that it's happening because of those reasons, but I don't really want to watch it. I'll give it a shot. I'll t- since it's HBO, I would give it more of a shot than most other shows. So there's that. The next one I have on the list is The Leftovers. Did you watch The Leftovers at all? I haven't Jacob? yet. It, it, I just haven't had a chance to. It's not that I don't want to. Most HBO shows I will always watch. I just don't know enough about it yet. The and it's really kind of brought me into it. It was... Interesting, Brandon. Give your opinion on it. I don't know because I haven't seen the leftovers. I've been meaning to watch it. Oh, okay. And wanting to watch it. I I watched like half of the first episode and it seemed interesting. Gotcha. But it has nothing to do with Kirk Cameron being left behind. No, right? it does not. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean the the premise is in the name. It's it's about a bunch of people living in a town. Um, I think a hundred people go missing from this town, just like disappear out of nowhere and this is a worldwide thing but in this specific town i think 100 people go missing um and it's kind of how the community deals with that there's some obviously there's some religious stuff that comes with it it i thought that it it started off incredibly slow like so slow that am i going to continue watching this show that's what i've heard um really high production quality really good acting but just super, super slow and not a lot of, um, there are some characters that are all right. Um, there is one character in particular that I really liked. Um, what was you said, is that a spoiler? No, actually it's not. <laughs> is it Justin um, Thoreau? How about Christopher Eccleston? How about Chris? Zepka? Justin, Liv Tyler. Justin, hey, there's this whole thing that happened where Justin throws running and you see his wiener moving around. <laughs> That was the thing that happened. And yeah, didn't somebody post like? I will not be other, watching it. Didn't some other celebrity like tweet that out or something? I don't like that? know. I it that didn't. Being a thing. It wasn't nearly as graphic as I thought it was going to be. After like how? Don't they say the same thing about Serge Ibaka though? So I don't know. <laughs> I would watch a Serge Ibaka show. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that? <laughs> uh, anyway, I will say and there would be lots of leftovers. In my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> In my opinion, it's a slow burn. It definitely picks up more at the end. I am undecided on whether it's worth it to continue watching it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways because I definitely got more interested in it later in the season, probably in the last three episodes. 
but the first few episodes were very difficult to stay on track with. Yeah, I've heard so many mixed things about it. I've heard a lot of the same things that you were saying about it being slow, but there's just enough to keep you interested. There is just enough to keep you interested. That's a great way of saying it. Now, now have they have they given so far? Are there answers given to these mysteries? Nope. Is it kind of like a law still where there's a mystery on top of a mystery or <laughs> is it not, just one big mystery and that's it? It's basically, it's, it's not that deep. Uh, uh, there are other mysteries involved, but it's not nearly as deep as a lost or something like that. There's just people, there's individual characters that have secrets that we don't know yet. But overall, the big secret is why did these people disappear? Okay. Well, so, Misty has been taught. We've seen a lot. We saw a lot of previews for it when we were watching True Detective season two because there was a preview uh, before every episode, and so Misty has talked about wanting to watch it, I so I think we're going to watch it. I, I almost watched it last season, but didn't get into it. I think that the two of you will have a difficult time making it through it. I think anybody will have a difficult time making it. There were so many times that I was like, why am I doing this to myself? This show is so boring. But anyway, I've talked way too long about it, but it's coming back on October 4th. Can I name off a couple shows here? I'm yes, please do. All right. So, and these are either on Showtime or Amazon. So, Transparent, The Nick, those are both coming back this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Transparent has been getting a lot of award I watched all of Transparent. Uh, I think we're all fans here at Jeffrey Tambor, primarily, well, Arrested, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Um, but I never, I never actually watched it yet. I watched the whole season. What do you think? Good show, not a great show. Okay. Good performance from him. He definitely deserves some recognition for it, but I think that this show is getting a lot of buzz because it's being about being transgender. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's really all there is. It's really all there is to it. It's an okay show. I'd give it a seven. Um, that's exactly what I thought it would be just from seeing the previews. That's yeah, why I just it, it's it fine. It was just like, oh, I, I need a show to watch in the off season, so I guess I'll watch Transparent. Cool. I'm guessing we have all heard of the Nick, but I'm guessing none of us have seen it. So can we just move on then? Um, I know exactly. Clive okay. Owen. It's right. supposed to be great. It's a cinematic show, but it's actually on HBO right now. If yeah, you have HBO that. Go, you can yeah. watch it. Misty has been watching it. She actually just finished it, I think, last night. She loves season one. Uh, we have a mutual friend named MJ who is obsessed with it. Apparently, Clive Owen is outstanding in it. It's about like old school medicine. and Steven and, Soderbergh is doing it. Yeah, so the talent behind it is big time. You know, the reason a lot of people haven't heard of it is because on Cinemax, this is kind of their first foray into like, hey, remember us? We can do shows too. <laughs> like, you know, because, you know, premium TV just used to be all about who had the best movie rights. Right. Well, now it's all about who has the best TV shows. And Cinemax, you know, Skinemax was only a player for so long because of the dirty movies they'd be playing. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. Well... <laughs> 15-year-old Jacob knows what I'm talking about. I can guarantee you that. Uh, they're a player because of that, so they finally are getting into the game with the Nick. All right, well, the other one I just that I want to bring up is, which I also haven't had a chance to watch, but I really, really want to, and I think you all have, is Fargo. Uh, yes, that's on my list. Yeah. The first season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm interested to see what they do with it. I understand where they're going with the storyline. It's kind of a completely different storyline, but they are interconnected to one another from season one to season two. You're a big fan though, right? I, yeah, I, I really liked the first season. Billy Bob Thornton was incredible. Um, and I'm excited to see, see where they're going with it this season. I think that the quality will keep up with it. Uh, I think I personally think that the series is better than the movie. 
which about, may be a bold statement. But what about Bilbo Baggins? Really good. He's really good. He. He's kind of a squirrely character. He plays he's been, well. He's been everywhere lately between... I feel like he's been in like every movie and TV show. I mean, like he was in Sherlock. He, Isn't I, he in Doctor Who? Which Do- is also coming out this fall? Uh, Fargo. Nah, I see he's, all that I, I well, he's in uh, Sherlock, but I don't know about Doctor Who. But do you all watch Doctor Who? Because I think so. we all know it gets like a lot of buzz for the BBC. Yeah, I guess it's a ton yeah, of buzz, but I'm just not, not interested. interested in it. Have you watched it yet? No. I heard it's really Never good, will. but that's all I know about it. And he's definitely not in Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. If you're <laughs> wondering, said that was if you're wondering if Mark Freeman yeah. was in Doctor Who, he's Way to not. go, Brandon. Way to disguise your voice as mine. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I, I believe that season two, there, there's a female cop in season one, and I believe that season two is about her dad, who's also in season one, but she's kind of a more of a main character than there he is. There are a ton of people in Fargo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, Holy the cast is big time. The cast is big time. And Billy Bob Thornton got a ton of he was critical so, claim. So good. He's he was so th- good that he beat out Matthew McConaughey for the Emmy. And every, and did he also beat out Brian Cranston, or was well, Brian Cranston already split done? I decision forget. because of True Detective and Woody Harrelson. That's Harrelson's. true. That's yeah. True. Or was that was that a different category? I can't remember. No, that's I right. But I remember he, he beat out Woody Harrelson and uh, McConaughey. But that's because uh, of everyone said the split decision. Understandable right. though, because. He's one of those characters that when he's on screen, things just become a lot more interesting. Like, like you get excited. You want him to be in more scenes. His character is so cold and calculated, and he he nails it. It's, it's a fantastic performance from him. So, yeah, I think I would highly recommend Fargo. The show is fantastic. I love the show, and I actually agree with you that the show is better than t- uh, than the movie. But here's an unpopular opinion. I think the movie's a little bit overrated, to be honest. I love the Coen brothers. Uh, Jacob disagrees with me. I love the movie. <laughs> I liked it, but I just feel like it's overrated. Like if I were to watch, when I watch Fargo, I'm like, this is a good movie. It's funny. I just think it like it gets so much love. I love Fargo. What do you love? Do you think it's hilarious? Like people um, just I love it- how they mix just such dark. I don't know murder mystery with dark comedy. Yes, um, this show is a great combination I mean, like, of that. The uh, I will say, like, the ending, how it kind of came to conclusion was very abrupt. Yes, that was one of my biggest problems um, with it. It was and like, so and abrupt. I'll, and I'll give you that. And almost... But, like, think about, like, the kidnapping scene, just the, you know, the... Oh, gosh, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, Steve Buscemi with uh, the other bad guy and their just complete awkwardness or... Yeah. Um, their dynamics of just being two bad guys who have nothing to do, <laughs> shouldn't be working together, and then you throw in, like, you know, just Francis Dorman. I mean... It's just once again how the Coen brothers can create these characters who are just so. I mean, they're they're caricatures, really. Yeah, yeah I agree. I just I like it, so I, I agree with what you're saying. I just don't feel like it's special, and it gets talked about like it's fantastic. I love That's Fargo. the movie. Back to the. <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> now that we've reviewed Jake, Fargo, the movie. Jacob and I will have a deeper discussion about that. Maybe when I do my most overrated list, if I can, it'll probably be an honorable mention. Um, anyways, that comes back on October 12th and it's on FX. Uh, I only have two more to talk about. Uh, one of them is American Horror Story Hotel. Uh, I'm pumped about it. I'm so excited about it. I'm we, excited for y'all because then y'all talk so much about it. Yeah. Honestly. We, we kind of went in the wrong order with it. That's started, probably my fault. Watched, started with Freak Show, then went, worked backwards, did Murder House, then Asylum, and then the Co- Coven. Coven. Yeah. 
this one is Hotel. Uh, the cast, as always, is cool. And Jessica Lange is confirmed to be back. I know, she I She was saw gone, that. and now, like, because she's been in every single season. And she's been fantastic. Oh, she's been so good in every season. Uh, and the rumor was she wasn't going to be in this one because she was going to focus on Broadway and doing something different, but she's back. Evan Peters is back. Sarah Paulson is back. Um, Evan Peters plays a bad guy this time. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited. He always ends up, he's played some characters that are like, eh, he might, he might be a bad guy, but he's, he's got a heart of gold. Like yes. he's got a good heart. I hope that he goes full on evil. I'm be a, becoming a pretty big Evan Peters fan. He's a really good actor. He is really good. I, and and really, I honestly don't know much. I know I've seen a couple of the things that he's done, but I just love his work so much in, in American Horror Story that it's made me a fan of his. I like him enough that if I saw that he was going to be in a movie or something, I would see the movie based on the fact that he was in it. Yeah. Uh, Francis Conroy, Lily Rabe. Uh, course, but anyway, the buzz is Lady Gaga. Is exactly. In it. Um, and she... I kind of steered clear as much as possible from spoilers from this. I don't really want to know a whole lot about it going into it. But I know that she's a lesbian, and I think Angela Bassett is her girlfriend, and I believe that she's running the motel. And and I know it has tie-ins with Murder House. Well, you spoil nothing. That'll be... (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an anthology series, so... They all tie into one another. But but supposedly they all tie... That's going to be so cool if it ties in with Murder House. I'm excited about... such an interesting actress. Her resume is so out there, I think. It's all over the map anyway. She's done really well in she this series. She was in Deadwood. Though. She's in this. Yeah. She's one of the major players in this. She's been in every single season. Uh, and she's kind of one of the, the four or five really core members of the American Horror Story cast. And she's been really, really strong. She has been. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm pumped. And and the premise is cool. I hope it's kind of got like, I know maybe some shining elements and, and, and winks and things like that since it takes place in a hotel. We're going to have to wait longer on that than anything else, though. It comes back to October 12th ah, on FX. Bummer. And then the last thing, we, it has to be mentioned because it's The Walking Dead, yeah. which is uh, arguably the biggest show on right now. Do you think it's the biggest show on? Uh, overall, I mean, as far as cable networks uh, are concerned. That or Game of Thrones. Those would be That's the two true. biggest. That's true. But I mean. Uh, Game the, of Thrones isn't coming back until right, right. Uh, spring. But So right now. As Walking far Dead as pulp buzz. culture buzz worthiness and like, uh, you know, popularity, it's Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. I right. don't know which one's number one, which one's number two. Uh, I, Walking Dead gets bigger ratings because it's on basic cable right. as opposed to Game of Thrones. But I think once you look at total downloads and stuff, I don't know. Illegal downloads. Yeah, I don't know how it shakes out. <laughs> but uh, it's a huge show. Like It has to be mentioned. It has to. And and I like it. I think it's overrated. I think it's insanely overrated. But I do like it. I don't love it, but I do like it. I, I think that both of y'all almost dislike it. I definitely... I think Jacob legitimately really dislikes I, I, it. I, I, I don't like it at all. I think okay. it's incredibly overrated. Not only, if, well, and maybe one of the worst shows out there, personally. It just makes no sense to me. I, I... The, the show doesn't make sense, or, or uh, the popularity okay, let doesn't let me start all over again. I, I think it's so overrated. I also, I just don't think it's a good show. I think it's so poorly written. There are a lot of issues with the writing, I'll say I, that. I am somewhere in between the two of you. I think it's okay, but I definitely have a huge attitude against it, because people 
I've heard numerous people say this is the best show ever made. This is the best show that of all dr- time. That drives people me crazy. cry when that people die. Crazy. They're like really super emotionally invested in it. They, I, I do not get that. I don't get that. I, Walking Dead is just is barely on the line of a guilty pleasure to me because I think it's entertaining enough, but the characters make stupid decisions. Um, I think it's really poorly written. It's not terribly acted but it's not it's none not, of them are great actors has anyone ever won an award for the show no there's never there's Even never been nominated? nominations no that, I, that I should act, tell you something right there i think I, the characters that i like the most they tend to kill off really quickly yeah um well the best actor that was on it uh would have been the actor that played herschel he was legitimately a good uh, actor. i could not wait for him to die Oh, really? Oh, I thought he was terrible. I loved Herschel. I, I really like nothing about this show, y'all. I, I think There's... I think it's just that bad. No, I was happy when when Lori died. Oh Rick's my gosh, wife, that was the greatest. She was the worst. Uh, that's her, I think. Uh, yeah, she actually I didn't bother me. I thought, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, she I didn't thought... bother you, but really? her, Herschel and Carl. Gotta go. Gotta go. If you're gonna kill anybody off, gotta go. Why Herschel? I don't know. He annoyed me. And why'd you hate? Why'd you like Lori? Okay, she was so dumb. She's like, well, she was kill stupid him. too. Don't Honestly, kill him. Don't they're, kill they're, him. They're, there's, there's so much stupidity going on throughout oh, this TV show. Absolutely, they make uh, really illogical choices, and that kills me more than anything else. And horror stuff is just bad choices that no one do. would ever make. They. Now you have to like Cuddy and D. Well, I know I want to. I want to like Cuddy because he's in it. But don't worry, they're black. They die. (laughs) The only black person that can live is Michonne. Yeah, everyone. Every if you are a male black character on The Walking Dead, see ya. Yeah, you're counting down. That's totally true. And and that that remains true for Fear the Walking Dead. So just know that if you get hired to work on The Walking Dead and you are a black male. You're only gonna last maybe maybe four episodes at the most, just enough for people to warm up to you a little bit. It's true, and then they'll kill you. You better have something else lined up. I don't know. I I think you guys are hating on. Well, Jake in particular is hating. Here's the oh, deal. I, I I I want to be clear. I don't love the show, and it's definitely like not even in the same tier as the great shows. I've and it does drive me crazy when when normal fans, well, general audience, goes on and on about how great it is. Here's the deal, though, compared to what is out there. Jacob said he thought it was one of the worst shows on TV. I wouldn't go that far because there is so much crap on there TV. Is. I think for the person who loves the Real Housewives of wherever it place, it seems like a really smart show. Yes, that's what I was going to say. That for your general audience, two, two and a half men. That that's what they're used to watching. And I'm going to sound really elitist here. I think to those people, when they watch something like Walking Dead and they're going to give it a shot because it's about zombies and the apocalypse, and so that's an automatic draw. And so those people are, are watching it in mass. And so when you compare it to those shows, it looks like the greatest show of all time. Well, most of these people haven't watched The or Wire, Breaking Bad, Or don't have the patience bad, for good Sopranos. shows. Yes, Absolutely. So I understand it. I, it's annoying, but I no, understand. But I, I do think it's an entertaining show, and there are some for some decent actors. There's no great actors in no, it. No, they're all okay. John of, Bernthal, for example. John I'll, Bernthal was, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Well, that was a good argument. Okay, thank you. That, I, that, so that's all I'm saying. I enjoy like watching it, but it's, it's dumb, but I enjoy it. Basically, you're saying if you watch The Walking Dead and you think it's a great show, then you're kind of stupid. <laughs> But, but, but if that's you watch okay. it, I took it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just, you know, it's okay because most people are that dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, 
Nope, that's, that's what you said. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> It's <laughs> a great way to wrap things up. And for smart people, it's an enjoyable turn your brain off and and watch some some drama and some zombies. Yeah, and we have a great time making fun of some things that they do from time to time. I will say that in this last season, it has got slightly better. It has. Um, I feel like they maybe won't admit it, but maybe they realize that they were making a stupid show. And they're trying to make it better slowly without losing their audience that won't be able to follow it if they get too smart. I agree. There um, there was some legitimate, like, a few episodes where I was like, well, the writing here is actually kind of impressive. And if you'll notice, the fans are like, oh, these episodes are yes. so boring. They were, they're they not were killing ca- anybody. Yes, they were character-driven. And uh, there's even some artsy. There was, like, I remember one episode There was episode one episode that was artsy, and it got just Fans slaughtered hated but slaughtered. then the critics loved it yep and, absolutely. and critics normally are basically you know kind of eh on it well i'm I'm generally a fan of slow burn I, I i don't mind for the most part but you know and if anyone who wants to say oh well you don't like this kind of uh, genre i watched all i watched the first four seasons and i still just never was on board i just Here's could not get on board with some of the rationalities behind the tv yep. show well so they... that that's my argument i just i personally i i don't think it's that good i think it's way overrated I agree. I agree. It is over. It's overrated. Not not to mention, I mean, not to mention Rick Grimes, the guy who got shut down in Love Actually. Love Actually, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love Love Actually. And it was so weird to me when I realized Rick was him. Uh, That was so weird. It was such a departure. And he's British. That's not why I don't like like it. He was such a a pretty pretty boy in in love actually now he's like the rough and tough so, I mean, southern it was a, bro- a random cast and of course you have to mention we we had to mention uh norman reedus uh daryl dixon he's like the fan favorite oh, uh, he is awesome in it he's uh, good uh, and he's a pretty decent actor i like him just fine i think his character is overrated but but i, I, I ha- like his i have character. nothing against norman like reedus let me like let me clarify i have nothing against norman reedus i think he's fine i it really 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 irks me that he was such a jackass in the first season, and they were like, "Hey, women find him attractive. Let's make him really nice all of a sudden." For no, we're going to give no explanation. All of a sudden, he's just going to be a good guy. Sound good? Okay. And everybody was like, "Cool, I'm cool with that." That still, I agree. It was bad writing. Understand that? Bad writing. Once again, yeah. It was like remember when Sawyer and Lost went from like jackass jerk to to like yes, but they gave but, development but, but it, for that. That's why I was going to say they actually developed this character and it made sense. With Daryl Dixon, it was pretty much night and day. And they'll try to, if you talk to Walking Dead fans, the the reason that they'll probably give you is like the relationship with Carol is what turned him around. But it was so day and night. Like I get it. That's like him helping her. Did they have find a, a two minute conversation? And, yeah, basically, it, it basically happened from one episode to the next. Whereas the me. Sawyer character happened over six seasons. Right. Uh, but yeah. So side note for all of the Walking Dead writers that are going to listen to our podcast. Stop effing with your characters. Just leave them alone. Let Rick Grimes be Rick Grimes. Yes. Don't make him a little pansy crying. Yes. Or make, him, or crazy. make him go insane for no reason. And then, like, and or then just Glenn, cancel the show. <laughs> and then Glenn used to be one of my favorites. Oh, and they yeah. made him and then the, he somebody was the... touched his wife's boobs and now he's a complete downer. <laughs> yeah. That's he didn't true. even do anything to he, her. He, was, he touched her boobs. Yeah. Like, oh. So they've done such injustice to their own characters, which is the worst thing you can do as a, a show. Agreed. There it is. That is the uh, Pulp Fliction Fall TV preview episode. Really excited about some of the shows. Some of the shows are going to be awful, but uh, we'll be hearing about them all. That is for sure. 
Now we are going to get to the segment of the show where we – oh, and I want to be sure – make sure to listen to the uh, top five all-time favorite TV series podcast that we're going to do in correlation with this one. But now let's get to uh, what we've been watching this week. Jacob, what have you been watching this week? Um, I only watched one thing, which it's so long I should still be watching it. Um, I finally watched, well, Lawrence of Arabia came on Netflix. Nice. After we just did our whole yes. movies I shamelessly have not seen. And I said that I, I really have always wanted to watch this movie. And like strangely, right after we did that episode, it was posted on Netflix. Nice. And so I watched it this weekend and uh, wow, have you watched it? Oh yeah, Lawrence of Arabia is amazing. Rach, have you seen it? Nope. It's, it's amazing. so long. Oh, it's long. Like... It's long, and it's but, slow. But, but I understand why it is so long to a certain extent. Uh, because when you think of being in a desert, being in a desolate area, being, in a sense, kind of by yourself, whatever, how can a director stretch that out and bring an, a viewer into feeling just as bored? Yes. And what, by, by, by showing 10-minute scenes... In just one place. Like if they right. did a 20 day trip, we would spend 10 to 20 minutes of the movie on that 20 day trip. And it's like, That's... oh my God, how much can I watch? Right. Sand blowing, exhaustion, camels, falling asleep in a camel. Um, yeah. Which you know, in all honesty is why I haven't watched it. It just it, seems, it's probably really good, but it seems really tedious. Now what it is. It's a tough watch. What it is, is, and, and, and yes, it, it did one best picture for cinematography. It is beautiful. It is. Cinematography wise. Not only because, like, you know, it captures, like, the beauty of, um, I don't know, I mean, how do we call it? The Sahara? Yeah. Uh, Saudi Arabia? Arabia. Some, some desert, um, some big desert. I mean, it, it, it really is beautiful. I mean, in essence, the first, if I say the first half, which is like two hours of the movie, is basically <laughs> yellow and blue, the sand and the yeah. sun mixed with black rock, brown rock, camels. And that's not really being fair, but. But the shots are so amazing because what they can do, they can, they draw out these shots. And what's so amazing about it, because it's 1962, but they draw out these shots of what it would be like to be in the desert. Like, imagine someone walking towards you from 300 yards away, and it might be seem like a, a mirage from that distance. And as it just comes you know, closer and closer and closer, you have to watch it. And that time lapse get closer, which could take, what? 15 minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, yeah, and they show that on the film. They do. They bring the viewer in, and for that aspect, I think it's amazing. It's beautiful. Honestly, right. the cinematography is amazing. Uh, the music, which the Lawrence of Arabia music is pretty well known, I would say. Even if yeah. you hadn't watched the movie, you probably have heard the music at some point in your lifetime. Right. The first five minutes of the movie is nothing but a blank black screen where they kind of do a montage operatic mm-hmm. of just the music. I actually hated that part of it. I was like, man, just... Put on the Columbia logo, just go right into the movie. But they play like every part of the music they could in the first five minutes of a black screen. That was that was actually pretty frustrating. But the music is really good and whatever. I thought Lawrence, the character in general, was a really interesting character. It was not what I thought it would be. He's kind of goofy out there in the beginning. But maybe that's where the storyline kind of falls into place where it shows his transition from being kind of goofy, not your everyday man, to being this, this leader mm-hmm. that... He's trying to find his place, who kind of come, turns into again like this man who turns in this desolate, I don't know, uh, Sahara Arabian desert where he's so, I don't know, isolated. Yeah. Even though he's amongst yes. friends, and I'll say that quote unquote, 
that he, in a way, is kind of losing his own mind. He he recognizes that he's kind of out of his element and that he just needs to, you know, draw back at some point. What's crazy, like, I'm summing this movie up in five minutes. It's so long. Since you've seen it, is there anything else you want to add to this? No, I think that the, I think you covered what makes Lawrence of Arabia Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, you got the, that's the gist of it. Uh, now, what... So overall, like, did you have a positive? Because it is long. I, I, it is I really slow, liked it. It is tough to watch, but it's beautiful. I'm curious to see where you end up on it. I think I gave it like a seven or eight in the end. An eight sounds right because, yeah, I gave it 1962. Right. I mean, you know, there were no sets. It was for them to film that where they filmed it, it was pretty crazy. I mean, crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't outside of like maybe the sound of music and a couple other movies in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a lot of my history when it comes to film in this time period. I just don't remember seeing anything like that. Maybe Tora Tora Tora, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, Patton. I mm-hmm. mean, crazy what they pulled off for 1962, and the cinematography. I mean, the shot. This is the shots. I Man, I can't. I can say it over and over again. The shots are are beautiful. I give it about an eight, seven or an eight because of the time period. It was good acting. Um, Technically wise, it was amazing. It was way too, way too long. But you, it's still it's, it's pretty. Almost, but I get why it's too long. I, right. And I respect that part of it. See, all the you almost described to a T. Uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey. Well, if you I, think about it, like long, yeah. way too long of shots, boring, tough to watch, not much happened. Yeah. But technically, it's amazing. It's beautiful to look at. It was ahead of its time. That's a great example. Uh, and and. And I guess the difference for me is why I can appreciate Lawrence of Arabia, whereas with it probably because you just, actually watch Lawrence of Arabia, yeah, well, well, yeah, <laughs> well, I could actually make it through. I think maybe because one was sci-fi and one wasn't, yeah. whereas like I can take boring for so long and long shots for so long, but that on top of it being sci-fi, I'm just I've, I've just been out. Well, that's but actually that is Lawrence. a great example, I think, because it it puts you in those elements. Where can I? Bring a viewer to just be bored with yes. how it would really be. Yes, and that's a great example. Thank you. And you have to respect it for that, though. Right. Which we do. Yeah, I, re- I respect it. And that um, space which we space do. Yeah. Uh, and they're both really well done. Yeah, that's a great example. Thank you for being complete polar opposites of right. genre. Yeah, they are, but similar in all, a lot of ways. Yeah, that's that's. I didn't even think about that. Pass. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't blame nothing you. about that movie that you just talked about for the last like eight I, minutes was like yep i want to watch that i, I like, do not blame you confirmed but if, i if never you're need to see 60 that movie. years old down the road and you want to pop it in on a sunday afternoon why, Take a not? why not well yeah it's just like watching golf and i mean whatever and you wake up to see the final nothing really happened. the final 30 minutes of jordan spaith <laughs> at the age of i don't know 40 years old winning his, his yeah. 18th masters no it is it is revered as one of the all-time greats i mean it is if you look on any critic cool. list it's going to be really high but I, it's it's a tough watch so i don't blame you no, rachel you. what have you watched something a lot more interesting than lots of <laughs> hey, i can't argue that let me tell you about it nine to five yeah what do you think <laughs> yeah. i'm excited is, to hear this it. was part of the great movie challenge that uh my brother and my sister-in-law and i are doing so it was the it came out in 1980 we're still in 1980 I thought it was a lot of fun, actually. Um, of course, Dolly Parton is Dolly Parton, and she's so cute and adorable, and I just love her. 
How could you not love Dolly she, Parton? She's just so likable. I mean, likable. Yeah, she's, she's really charismatic, and I just don't know how anybody could dislike Dolly Parton. Um, of course, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are in it as well. I will say, in case you don't know, the storyline is three female employees of a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot <laughs> find a way to turn the tables on him, which that line in itself is funny because that's exactly what they call him over and over again. Um, the The beginning of it is really, really strong, and then the end of it, I feel like, kind of falls off, but really enjoyable all the way through. Um, they have... They smoke some weed and have kind of a dream sequence nice. uh, where each of the three ladies um, imagine different ways they would kill their boss. They don't actually kill him, so I guess attack their boss. And I thought that was really creative and funny. I got a lot of legitimate, like, laugh-out-loud moments from this movie. Definitely. So uh, I would definitely recommend it. I'd give it a... I'd probably really give it a 7.5, but I'll round down to a 7 because the end of it after they smoke the weed and things start going a little bit weird, uh, it falls off a little bit. But you all, you all in your point fives. It's a, because because the seven point five rounds up. Just saying, <laughs> not in my book. It's better than a seven, but it's not an eight. So that's just what it is. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It's it's a it's comedy that holds up. So if you haven't seen Nine to Five and you're looking for a fun little ditty to watch. You don't want to invest too much of your brain power into it. You just kind of want to sit back and enjoy something and have some laughs. And I would recommend nine to five and it's on Netflix right now. That's a, I need to rewatch. I, I watched it. I didn't, I watched it as a kid. It was on like in the background. And so I remember like you're talking about it and those scenes like ring a bell, but I haven't watched it as an adult at all. Really? So I, I wouldn't even say that I've, technically watched it just because i don't remember it well enough so i need to rewatch it and it's one that i've wanted to well and the three of us have different types of humor and we all thought it was funny we all enjoyed it i've watched so. it both in my childhood and in my adulthood and i i love it i think it holds up well i think the three actresses are so fun to watch together on screen you're right there's still a lot of laugh out loud moments i think it holds up really well and when you deal with Women dealing with misogynistic bosses. Oh, it still man. holds true a to a lot of things. Just like day. that guy, down to like knocking the pins off of the desk exactly. so you'll bend over. I had a de- a boss exactly like that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel it's, like he watched the movie and then modeled his life after that dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I definitely recommend Nine yeah. to Five. And not and, and and to bring this up also, Franklin M Hart Jr. who plays well, sorry, Dabney Coleman who plays Franklin Hart Jr. He's pretty. He's pretty great in it. He he's is. the misogynistic boss. He is. He's really good. I I need to watch it. I'm glad. I'm glad you watched it. Thank you. Did you rent it or was it on Netflix by chance? Netflix. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I need to watch it. Yeah, Missy, I'll do that. Brandon, what have you been watching? Uh, I, I'm excited to talk about this. I I, I want to at least mention another one really quick. Uh, Cop Car. It's been getting a lot of buzz, and um. Critics really like it. Um, it's only got a 6.4 on IMDb, which is odd, but critics seem to enjoy it more. Uh, the director of this is going to direct the new Spider-Man movie for Marvel, which is really interesting because this is really the only thing he's done so far. Uh, so that's interesting. But anyways, it's about... Have you seen it? No. Are you? It's a movie? Yeah, it's called Cop Cards with Kevin Bacon. Which oh, I'm, that's why I haven't watched it. Never heard of it. F. Kevin it, Bacon. I have seen it 
uh, at least the poster for this. Like, yeah, you, you don't like Kevin Bacon. Hate Kevin Bacon. Why? Yeah, it's a weird thing. I I like him. Yeah. He was in Footloose. He like saved the town with <laughs> dancing. I remember that. <laughs> he did do that. Just don't. I don't like Kevin I love Bacon. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> He's good. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, anyways, he. Uh, it's it's actually really. I rented it on Amazon, but it's like kind of making. It's going around the indie movie circuit right now in theaters. Um, he plays a cop. These two kids steal his cop car while he's while he's burying a body, and shenanigans happen. It's a thriller. Oh, he's a he, dirty cop. He's a dirty cop, and he ends up trying to chase down these two like ten year old boys who steal his cop car. They run away from home, steal his cop car, and uh, it's a cool little thriller. Definitely worth watching. It's an indie. I don't want to talk about it too much, but definitely it's worth a watch. The one I really want to talk about is Life is Beautiful. Uh, oh, dude. Go Miss, ahead. Misty and I watched Life is Beautiful. Have you seen it, Rachel? Yeah, I believe I have. I, I brought it. this up on our top five dads countdown, our second uh, podcast we ever did. That is so funny. You hadn't seen it or you hadn't seen it in a while? I hadn't seen it. I'd watch, I'd rented it, and I actually put this, almost put this on my most shame, haven't watched it list, because I'd rented it and I watched like the first 30 minutes of it. And some friends came over, and I didn't end up getting to finish it, and I never went back and finished it. Missy and I watched it the other day, and it's so funny because after she watched it, of course she cried. And then she said, you know how you guys uh, have lists? If I were to do a top five dad's list, he would be on my top five dad's list now. It, It's funny, really funny. He is so likable. His kid is so cute. But then it's of course the drama is set, you know, to the Holocaust, the backdrop of backdrop of the Holocaust, and he plays a dad, uh, Roberto Benigni, who of course won Best Actor for it, um, plays a dad who basically he and his dad, his wife and his son um, end up getting taken away by the Germans and go to the concentration camps, and he basically convinces. His son, that it's just all a big elaborate game to keep his spirits up. How I how I word it, and I didn't word it the right way. The first one I talked about it was, father makes the ultimate sacrifice for his son to make to preserve his son's innocence in a time of just complete. Yeah, you know, I put it off for so long because I I I knew it was going to be good, and I I like I said I watched like the first thirty minutes. I knew it was going to be good. But I have a hard time watching Holocaust movies because it's so, yeah, you know, Holocaust it's hard movie. It's hard to watch, even, even though I love Schindler's List. Anyways, I'm so glad we finally watched it. We both loved it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a must watch. It, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. And, and again, like, how do you make a comedy about this subject? And this is one of the mm-hmm. only few ways you can do that. Right. Is by bringing in this innocent character mm-hmm. and trying to put this spin on... All right, I'm going to preserve your innocence this way. Yeah. And without spoiling anything, that, I mean, that's the best way I can put it. And yeah. he, he was deserving of the best actor. Uh, he was pre- deserving of the best director. And mm-hmm. I think we all can still kind of you know joke about find his Oscar speech and mm-hmm. uh, antics when he won and yeah. all that. But the movie itself was pretty amazing. And it's a foreign film, so if you haven't watched it, just know you have to watch subtitles. But in my opinion, it's totally worth it. And if you haven't seen it, it is a it is a great movie. It's it's a must watch, and I hate that it took me so long to finally finish it. Uh, and, and what's interesting is like the first third is really almost like a romantic comedy. He's courting his wife, who becomes his wife, and it, I mean it's the first 
45 minutes of a two-hour movie. Um, but then, you know, but then they get to the Holocaust part of it and becomes more serious, but still at the same time, still very much a comedy. Uh, must watch. So, is he a better dad than Ted Kramer? Because Ted Kramer was my number one. Wasn't he my number two. one? He was your number was, two. Who was my number one? I don't remember, but Ted Kramer, I'm pretty sure, was your number two. Nice. I love that you I don't want to spoil your one. I love that you... Um, because I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> that is tough. I would still put Ted Kramer above Oh, I know him. number one. What was it? Oh, yes. It was Kevin Costner in The War. I could have uh, just said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have to go back and listen to that episode now. Oh, that's why, that's why you said you don't want to spoil it. I thought you said, okay, I got you. You, well, can, you well, didn't want to spoil you on your number one? I thought he didn't want to. Trying to get more downloads. I, I, my, <laughs> hey, there's the door, call. buddy. Go ahead. I thought you were trying to say you like didn't want to, like, you know, I wanted to remember it myself. Uh <laughs> um, You can make an argument. I would still put Ted Kramer above because I've seen – Kramer versus Kramer like five or six times and I love it so much. But you can certainly but, see my argument. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And your big lead up to Life is Beautiful when you're like, this is the movie I really want to talk about. I thought you were going to talk about Dollhouse. <laughs> we did watch we uh, we watched this this horror movie called Dollhouse. Girl House. Girl House, my Girl bad. House, big difference. It's, it's a horror movie uh, that's, <laughs> that just released to, to Amazon. And it's about well, I'll let you read the premise out loud. I read you the premise. Know, you don't know what it's about. I usually about have fun with these. A Halloween style slasher for the digital age. It follows a beautiful young college student who, needing money for tuition, makes it moves into a house that streams content to an X-rated website. Oh. <laughs> After a deranged fan hacks into determine the house's location, she finds herself in a Terry. It uh, probably means a is. terrible situation. A, a ter- <laughs> That's what the kids oh. are calling it now. Terrifying <laughs> fight for her life. <laughs> There's a, a period of behind Terry. Uh. <laughs> That's uh, probably supposed to be an ellipsis. Sometimes it's exhausting being me. Uh, That's great. Yeah, hot girls uh, and whore, so... You know, it's worth a watch. Also, that and life is beautiful. If you, it, both of them worth a watch, go for it. Hey, legitimately, uh, Girl House was kind of a fun movie. It was. They it made really some was. dumb decisions, but it, it was, was a fun movie. I like you're like. I don't want to talk about life is beautiful. Let's talk about Girl House. No, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> That's what I thought you were leading up to, and I was like, what a great intro. We could go back to Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia. <laughs> so intro outro. <laughs> Well, there you go. That is Pulp Fiction. I uh, hope you enjoyed the TV preview episode. Be sure to listen to our top five TV shows of all time in our top five podcast. But next week, we're actually going to review a movie again. Oh, my gosh. That's right. I don't even know what to review. Time. M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Thank you for listening this week. <laughs>